This pod is brought to you by Just Right Reader. Is your school looking for decodable text, a phonics continuum, or resources to support reading with families at home? Then Just Right Reader is this one-stop shop. They offer so many different supports for schools, including decodable text, which we all know is the best way, the only way, for students to apply their learning into text they can decode. But what we're really excited about right now are their family packs. These are packs that families can sign up for that literally deliver books to their own home while kids are not in school every couple of weeks. You just set the families up for this shipment and it Just Right Reader takes care of the rest. As we're getting ready for summer break, this would be a great opportunity for your school or district. Be sure to check out JustRightReader.com for all your needs and make sure you tell them that the modern principal sent you. Hi, this is Christy and in a few moments you'll meet Karen and we are the modern principal two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the new generation of leaders in education, regardless of their formal role. We try to keep our pod short, sweet, and simple, right to the point, a bite-sized PD that you can tackle on your way to or from school each day. Each week on the pod, we take a real-life scenario sent to us from listeners and address it through the three lenses of Scholar System and Soul. This week, we're talking about how to set a vision in your school. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Christy. How's it going? I mean, we're both staring at our computer. <laughs> it's Just going well. praying that it doesn't turn off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really great. I've had an extraordinary weekend. It was my birthday weekend. It was birthday a- weekend. April Fool's. So it's we had a really great time at school. Oh, my gosh. We did some good April Fool's things. What did you do? Both of our teachers... Um, sent us, I can't stop staring at those lines. Okay. You don't like when we talk about the technology. No, I think our followers are probably tired of us. No, you aren't. <laughs> Look how big my line is though. You need to talk louder. Okay. Anyways, we had, we shared on our Instagram, but a bunch of both Christy and my oh, teachers yeah. sent us so many messages. My favorite one saying they had, they were going to be, be sick. They're going to be out on April Fool's. Like I woke up to 17 messages, 17 teachers. And you, did you believe it? No, only because there were so many. Well, I started, some of them were like really dry. And so I was just like, once I realized it was April Fool's, I also didn't want to undermine in case they really did feel sick. So a few that wrote me back, I was like, is this a joke? Are you okay? (laughs) That's mine were all dry. Like they weren't joking. And they sent them at like 630. So I was eating breakfast, getting ready to leave. And so the first three or four that they were like, I'm sick, I feel terrible. I was like, oh my gosh, you have to be kidding me. And then four and five came in, and I was like, huh. And then after that, yeah. But they let my husband in on it. Oh, that's Because I was like, literally, I was like, Max, I have to go get my computer. I've got to put these people in. Like, if I have any chance of getting a sub, he's like, I don't think you should. That's funny. (laughs) That's cute that they let him know. Yeah, I think they were, since I'm new, I think they were a little worried. Like, how's she going to take this? I had, um, yeah, some of them, mine were silly. Like, I just love my dog so much, I can't leave my dog. You get it. My favorite was my secretary who wrote, I woke up in a good mood, so I don't want to come to work and ruin it. And I was like, that feels right That for sounds her. like her. <laughs> okay, Too what good. else is going on, birthday Too girl? good. You know, just my, oh, the kids and the staff were really sweet on my birthday. Oh, yeah. They uh, had all the kids. It was so funny because throughout the week, the students kept saying, Happy birthday or happy early birthday. It's your birthday. And, like, I walked into a couple of rooms at some points, and the kids were like, stop. T- 
Turn uh-huh. around. They're so bad. They're so bad at hiding things. Yeah, and they're like, we have surprises for you. And so, but I walked in on Friday morning on my birthday, and they had decorated my whole office with oh, that's so sweet. cards, and classes had made posters, and confetti, and um, balloons, so nice. and it was just, and streamers, it was really cute. That and feels it, good. It really does. Like, good. It feels good when your birthday's recognized, so I try to recognize my students' birthdays and my staff birthdays, yeah. so not to this level, but it Why felt not? really nice. Now it sounds like you should. <laughs> Up your game. I really need to. I am that. actually really bad about my staff birthdays. I put in systems to recognize students. I need to do better, because I don't really care about mine as much. Yeah. I didn't used to care about my birthday, but when people make it a big deal, I feel really nice. Well, yeah, it's nice to be the center of attention for a day. So now I guess I'm a birthday person. Just a day. Now I'm a birthday person. You are. I would choose to be the center of attention for like a week. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I hate it. Okay, go ahead. All right. What are we talking about this week? Well, so Christy and I weren't sure which direction we wanted to go. We have a couple of um, exciting pods coming up, uh, yes. but we don't want to ruin those surprises. But um, we will have our very first guest. Yes, which is really exciting. it is. It's really exciting. <gasps> we were sure a little nerve wracking. That <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea what's going to happen with the technology. Clearly, um, but Christy and I posted a while back about her vision meetings because she just yep. started them, and we got so many questions. Yes, so we're going to try to outline a little bit about how we've both um, set visions and why statements for our schools um, over the past decade. I mean, honestly, we've both kind of gone through it like the past decade or so. Oh my God, we're so old. Yeah, because I started at with um, Danielle kind of going through that Mm. process. And then now my last school, your school, my new school. So We're just old. We're just old. We're just old and so experienced. One of our principal friends that follows us, shout out to Abby, told us she already got this book that you set yours on, which is awesome. So, And I know she listens. Shout out to Abby. Okay, who also watched my daughter yesterday and did something with Easter eggs, and my daughter loved it. That's so that very was cool. Sweet. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's talk through it a little bit because we have both taken different approaches yes. um, when setting visions. And we're not going to necessarily define vision, mission, why no. statement. We're kind of going to be using those terms interchangeably. Yep. If you want to define those really clearly um, as you go about this work, totally fine. But we're kind of using them interchangeably. And here's what I will say, and I don't know the scholar approach, but... Here is, because we didn't do any research for this, so you're welcome. But what I will say is, when I have been a part, I like to take the clinical part out of this. Mm -hmm. So, like, I find it very useless to have teams sit around and wordsmith and pick apart different phrases and try to have XYZ components because that's what a textbook said you need to have. Yes. I think for schools that just isn't the right it might work for some corporations or businesses, yep. but for me and education, it's it has to be living, it has to be breathing, it has to be something short, sweet, that your team can like stick their teeth into and remember. Yep, absolutely. So this, if you want um, the semantics on how to form a correct vision and mission statement... This is not the place. This is not the place. <laughs> so, okay, so I ground all of my stuff, like all of the work that I've personally done. Not that this is right or wrong. It's just kind of the process and the approach that I've come up with. Um, I've used Simon Sinek's Find Your Why. So a lot of you have probably seen his TED Talk. Uh-huh. Um, and he has several books. And the first one is Start With Why. And so while those are the Start With Why is really good to read, the Find Your Why actually walks you through the process of um, helping your organization or you personally 
find and um, verbalize your why. Awesome. So should we just kind of do yeah, like me, then you, and yeah. then, okay. Okay. Start with you. Start so, with your why. Start with your you. Okay. So the one thing about find your why that um, I had to weed through was that the assumption in the book is that um, you have as much time as a corporation does with your uh, staff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing a week-long retreat. No, so they're literally like, you need to set like eight to ten hours aside or blah, blah, blah. And like, obviously, we know that none of us have that. So I personally, um, one year um, at my first building, I made all of our vision meetings um, optional. This year, I am trying to make them more mandatory by like shoving them into already um, scheduled staff meeting time slots. Um, and so, and then we'll have a few optional ones in addition. Um, but I just realized like, I'd really like everybody there to follow this process and to know what we've done. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Yep. Um, if you want them optional or mandatory, right. right? Depend on the current culture of your building. Or the time constraints that you might have. Some buildings have the luxury of PD days built in. All of ours are done for the year. And so we wouldn't have that time. Subs might be something you look for, but also, we don't have that luxury. Yes. So it's just something that you also have to work around your constraints because yes. asking teachers, requiring teachers to stay after or come on a Saturday or a time in June, well, you want people to want to be there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if they feel like it's another thing, then you're not going to probably and get the results you can't financially compensate them yep. for it. Then you're going to, there's going to be people there that aren't going to have the right headspace. Yes. So think about that. So I think at minimum, though, you need two to three um, hour to hour and a half sessions, kind of depending on um, the way that you want to set it up. And so in the first session, I talk about what is the why, why the why is important, you know, why the why. Like I literally have a slide that says why the why. I even show Simon Sinek's um, a portion of his 18-minute TED Talk. I just show like the most important part. Um And we then the biggest part is that you start to share stories. So I break staff into different groups and you start to share stories. And essentially the theme is when is a time that you have felt proud to be a part of the school community? And so and you don't just have to share one, but we break into small groups and share as many stories as we possibly can in that time of a time that we've been proud to be a part of our school community. And um, and it can't just be vague. It has to be like a true incident, experience, like a real story, not just a, our staff's really caring and that makes me proud. Yeah. It has to be an actual story that represents that. And so... Do they write them down or just share it? Um, I've had them write them down, like kind of, you know, everybody writes and then you go to your small groups right. and share. But I've also, um, for my staff, have said like, hey, at this staff meeting, this is what we're going to talk about. So have some in your head. Yeah, that's something that I would want time to process. Yeah. That makes sense. And so I tried to give them uh, time, you know, just prepare them ahead of time that that's what we're doing. Yeah, because that would be really, some of us who have bad memories uh-huh. would need to have. And people who have been there for a really long time. I've also thought about, I haven't actually done this, but if you have a school community where you have like a lot of retirees that are still in the area, yeah. um, to be to invite those people back to that be a part sense. of this process because, you know, the school vision and mission doesn't just start with you as a principal. Yeah. It's, you know, it has a long history. It might, now that we're talking about this, um, I'm trying to also like add some to our conversation uh-huh. so it's not like dry and boring. Yeah. But, like, what's, yeah. The, what's the <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking I had a tangent thought that I wonder if 
like, because we're in year eight, so we feel like we've established our why. But I wonder if every year, at the end of the year, you have staff reflect on stories and, like, start an Ooh, ongoing, like, that's good. school story journal where people yes. add their stories. I actually thought about doing that almost like a, a, a notebook that's passed around or I love something. that. Yeah. Okay, I'm totally stealing that yeah. this year where we all write our stories yes. of things we're proud about. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and so then after you share in your smaller groups, then you come back together as a whole group and you share some of the stories as a whole group and you or whoever you've chosen to facilitate. Um, typically, you know, Simon Sinek talks about you can hire a facilitator. If you've, if you've gotten that in your budget, have at it. Um. You guys can hire <laughs> us if you'd like. But um, We so, cost $5.99. Yes, yes. So then you, um, I just use chart paper and as people are sharing their stories, I'm kind of writing um, like the gist of the those theme. stories down. And um, you do that as long as it takes. You want to get as many stories for everybody to hear. Um, and then from those stories, you ask people to get back in those small groups, look at the stories that have been shared, and you start to come up with common themes among them. So they talk about them in a the small group. Then we come back again as a large group. And me as the facilitator, I'm now writing all of the different themes that we have come up with as a group. And so then it's kind of just you start to whittle it down. So, okay, maybe we have 16 themes that emerge. Well, are there some of those themes that like, you know, generosity or giving, right? Do they kind of fall under one umbrella? Uh-huh. Um, and so then from Collaboration, there, teamwork, it's all kind of the yes, same vibe. Yes. So you merge things together. Yes, so you start to try to merge them together where you can so you get um, as few themes as possible. So, and then from there, you're really creating your why statement. And Simon Sinek says that the why statement is um, basically your contribution and impact. And so you say... To blah, 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 so that blah, blah, blah. Like you want to have your... What do you mean? Um, Like our why is to make students into scholars so that they can change the world. So, ah, so you pull themes from that? So from your themes, you create your why statement. Okay. Um, And so what we actually did at my building was we made our why and our vision statement. And then some of those words that we still really liked, but they didn't quite make it into the vision statement. We made this just those like our vision words. Oh. And we made them our how words. Like how do we create belonging with all kids? Like that was one of the big things. Belonging was a big part of our why. And and um, we said, well, trust, belonging, purpose, and pride were always, like, our values that we tried to embed into everything we did. That's so, cool. So, yeah, we kind of took a little bit twist on it. But like ultimately, it. it was all, like, grounded in this in this text. That's really good. That's really helpful. Hopefully it was. I feel like I was just talking and talking. I mean, it was, like, a little <laughs> mini TED Talk. So it was good. It was Simon Sinek Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be tagging him. Tagging him in all Instagram posts. <laughs> and he's going to untag himself and say, that's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. thank you. That's so you really you went through this process a lot longer ago. Because I'm older than you. Yeah. You love to remind me. I also, do. I want to tell you your makeup. I meant to tell you this in the car earlier. It looks really dewy. Thank you so much. Karen, for my birthday, got me a TikTok <laughs> birthday gift. Actually... This is a tangent, too, but I'm just going to go ahead and share it. Um, <laughs> on my actual birthday, I'm texting Karen, and she's, like, out running errands. I'm like, oh, what are you getting? And she's like, oh, just this and that. And then all of a sudden, she goes, um, <laughs> hey, guys, Christy told me that she really liked my mascara, so that's what I'm getting her for her birthday, the one that you really like, Bex. And I was like, wrong chat. <laughs> on accident because my other group chat was like oh you're at the Sephora sale what are you buying and I was like oh I'm buying this 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 for myself and then I'm also buying this mascara that Christy loved on my face (laughs) 
So she just told me what she got me for my birthday. Whoopsie but, doopsies. Um, I also got her this face mask. It was a TikTok birthday extravaganza You're welcome. <laughs> if you need TikTok makeup or skincare recommendations, I got you. Please DM. Um, yes. Yeah, so the why, it's not that. It's We followed something very similar, and I didn't ground it in this work, so it must mean I am as genius as... Simon Sinek. Duh. Hire me, sir. Um, we, when I took over my building eight short years ago, um, I knew that there was a lot of community pride and that they had had the same administrator for a long time. Yeah, decades. Decades. And then before that, the principal was there for decades. Oh, wow. So it was like, this was like a home place. So I knew that I had to do... I had to pay special attention to the work that came before me to make sure that people felt valued because this was the first time that a lot of that a lot of them had had a new principal. Yeah, and so like so much only fear. worked with it one only worked principal. for that person. Yeah. yeah, so I needed to make sure that whatever we did with our vision really focused on the past. Yep, and how that would move us to the future. And I think that's probably the number one thing for you as a principal. If you're wanting to go through this work, you really need to consider where your building is in their current culture and yep. what's important. And I have not just jumped in and like started a principalship and you know month one you start this work. I had to be there for a while, you know, at least yeah. a few months. Like I usually, I've started in the spring of my first year both times. Yes. Because it gave me a little bit more background of where where we needed to go and how to proceed. Well, and I did mine at the very beginning before back to school PD because I did want something that like connected me to them from the start. Yep. So we took it less of like maybe our vision and more of... What are those themes that you want me to really know? That's good. And how does that mix with what I can bring as well or what's important to me as well? So we did a lot of that work with um, different values. We did a lot of that work with stories and what we cherish about the past. We also did a little bit about what we want all of our students to feel, what we want our staff to feel, our families to feel. And we kind of whittled that down to more of a, like we almost turned it into a motto mm-hmm. as opposed to like a vision. Um, and so it was just something that we all said like, Kind of our values. Um, these are the things we value. And it, we just put it in something that we could all say or relate back to. And then all of our PD for that first two years was under one of those three headings. Nice. Are we? Is this part of working together? Because that's something we value. Is this part inspi- inspirational to each other? Is that what this work is? So everything kind of went back to that. Because I listened to like a business pod before I started. And it talked about... The main job you have the first couple years as a leader is to share the vision and share it often. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to be the main marketer of that you're vision. You're your marketer. Yeah. You are the person. So I had it. We put it on a t-shirt. We hung it in a, on the wall. I had my, we changed our email, email signatures. signatures. Every PD, I had it under headings of all the learning fit under one of those three headings. Um, and like you can slap it on a sign and have it mean nothing Mm -hmm. but I was really intentional about talking about it and saying how their actions were connecting to it so like just really being I don't know what that word is where you're out of your brain cognitive cognizant cognizant (laughs) (laughs) extrinsic I don't know anyways I don't do words, guys. But I was just really good about always trying to label their actions back to back our to values the, and our motto. That's really good. Yeah. Really good. And one thing... How my, long did that take you? You said you did it before back to school PD. Did you do some sort of retreat? Were you able to pay them? Or was it voluntary? No, it was during our, like, meet the... Like, when everyone was on contract. Got it. So got we it. had 
three days and I broke it into like little half, like hour and a half chunks over of those, those three days. Mm-hmm. So you got to get some of the logistics and the vision work kind of all done. I think I did time. probably three different sessions. We also did a lot of team building built into that. Mm-hmm. So it was probably like all in all about five hours. Okay. And that's kind of what I found too, is that it you have to have probably between three to five hours yep. for your initial work the initial work minimum and mine didn't even stop there you know I have a bad memory so as I'm thinking about it we took then we then took it to the students and the parents also and that is the part that I haven't done and Mm -hmm. really would like to we talked about like I think we narrowed it down to like seven or ten different phrases it was more phrases than words for us and then students and parents kind of weighed in on their favorites yeah and then the top three emerged from there and that's where it came from yeah and ours was more of a a like a statement of we make connections so that all members of blank school community um, invest in themselves and others. Well, and it's almost like your purpose. Like your Mm -hmm. purpose was more to unite adults around a common Mm -hmm. goal. And I think my purpose was to form community quickly. Yep. And so like, um, because my building had had a lot of turmoil before that too. And I just wanted something that felt good to everyone. Yep. And so there's two, there's ways to go. And it's just depending on where your building's at. As somebody who's been there now for eight years, has your mission vision (laughs) motto, has it changed or has it remained the same? And how do you like continue to booster the work around it? Or how do you make sure that it stays in the forefront of what you're doing and the decisions that you make as a building? Yeah, it has stayed the same. But what we do every year, so the... What really elevated for us was when we got our task forces together. Mm -hmm. And so now, like, we don't refer to it probably as much as we should. And, like, some of this work that you're talking about, I'd like to do at the end of the year. Not necessarily to redo it, but just to revisit. Especially, yeah. yeah. But we ended up moving more to, like, the actions as I stayed there longer. What are the actions that help us achieve that motto? Same. And so we started kind of ironing out... We call them our standards of practice. What are the things you'll see in every classroom that align to these values? What are the things that every adult commits to that align to those values? And that's where we had started before I left my last building. Like one of my, like my community and culture committee, we actually said, okay, so this is, this committee essentially serves to build community and culture among our students, staff, family, and community at large. And so then we took those vision words and said, okay, how do we build trust with students, family, staff? How do we build belonging with students, family, staff? So how do we do all of these different things um, within all of the different constituents and stakeholders that yep, we have. That's exactly what we've been doing over the last... And that, and that was like the really practical work. Yep. It's the practical work. Yep. And sometimes we made really huge lists that would never be possible in a single year, but we kept it and we're like, these are the things in green that we're going to try to hit yep, this year. That's exactly you know? what we did. Yep, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we did. And then after a few years of that, we were able to whittle those into, okay, these are the general themes for how instruction looks. Yes. These are the general... Yeah. It's... It's a never-ending process. It's never-ending. And I think that's something to remember that, um, and especially you as a leader, that you have to plan and continue the work. We kind of did vision meeting boosters even after that first year and just to make sure that we were taking um, the action steps to actually live out the vision and live out our why as a Well, and I think that sometimes school leaders don't connect their vision with their school improvement plan. Yes. Those are two separate rocks. And, and they, they should not. They should not. So we have, over the last probably four years, been really intentional. Like, my task forces will review our school improvement plans based on their 
focus Mm -hmm. and how that connects to our motto and our practices. And they'll give feedback to lead team. We'll have a whole day in the spring where lead team takes all that and connects it all to like, how is this feeding our goals? How is this feeding our school improvement? Love that. I think that's a really good start in terms of like how to start with a vision, mission, why statement, motto. Um, I think that I'll be interested to see if we have any further questions. Doubt it. We probably (laughs) nailed it. Well, this is really long. We're at 20 minutes, so we better stop. We better stop. Stop. Sorry, guys. Um, that is all we have for you today. So thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive them as soon as they drop. From Simon Sinek. I think the best quote might have been, Christy is basically Simon Sinek Jr. That That's what we'll end with. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, She's frantically searching. I'm frantically searching through the highlights. book for, for a quote. She's got nothing. <laughs> okay, well, thank thanks. you. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our pod as soon Just subscribe to it, guys. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal, and you can find more resources at themodernprincipal.com. Goodbye. Bye.